Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode I've got a really fantastic guest for you today, uh, Yanis Spetsakis. He's got a very fascinating story to inspire and motivate the audience. And he's a cancer survivor turned health coach. And um, like I said, I love bringing individuals such as Yanis on, share their story, showcase their brand, and overall impact the world. So Yanis, welcome. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much for that introduction. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we may have some technical Zoom issues, but uh, we'll get through it. It's, you know, we live in COVID time. So um, kind of uh, talk about, uh, share your personal journey through stage four cancer, how it influenced your decision to pursue a career in health and fitness to help others. For sure. So this goes back all the way to 2020. In May, I had to go to the hospital because I was having issues breathing. Uh, I also had a bunch of other issues with fatigue. Uh, I couldn't eat well. My appetite was off. Like I'd be hungry, but then once I started eating, I'd, I wouldn't want to anymore. And this was tough because I was playing uh, varsity football at the time for my university and I needed to put on a lot of weight. I needed to be 250 pounds. So when I couldn't put on that weight, I knew something was wrong. And then when I went to the hospital, they found that there was fluid around my heart. I had pericarditis. So they had to admit me because they didn't know why I had pericarditis. Once I was admitted, I did a CT scan and they found a large tumor. It was about the size of a, of a good sized russet potato. You know, those, those ones that you use for like a nice baked potato. It's about that size, right? Large right next to my heart. And from that moment, uh, you know, everything changed as you might expect. It was a long process. I did many rounds of chemo. I did uh, immunotherapy. I did even two stem cell transplants. One was where I gave myself my own stem cell transplant. The second one was where I had to get a donor and that donor was my mom. So she donated her stem cells to me and that was the final treatment I had to do. And that's the one that really um, uh, got rid of the cancer. But along the way, there were many changes that went on both physically, but primarily mentally where I got to really see what my purposes in life, you know, before I had cancer, my aspirations were to finish university with honors, um, potentially play in the CFL. And then, you know, I was even thinking about maybe starting my own business, but going more the strength and conditioning route, because I had been helped a lot by strength and conditioning coaches to be able to play football at a high level, but also with uh, recovering from an ACL, uh, ACL tear. But then once I got cancer, I realized that there are a lot of people that desperately struggle with their health. Going into the cancer uh, center in Hamilton, where I live, 
there's a whole building and this, they have these across m most major cities they have a dedicated building just for cancer which really shows you the magnitude of this problem of people's health and you see a lot of very very sad things when you go to the cancer suite most people that are in there don't know if they're ever going to make it out be able to live past another five or ten years and that's a truly scary sight. And when you walk, and now when I walk around outside, I see that there's other people that, you know, they don't have cancer per se, but they, you can tell that something with their health is, is a barrier for them. And as such, it's a perpetual cycle that because they have this issue, they lack confidence. They don't want to pursue things with life. And it's, it, you see it and it's hard. And so a big reason why I wanted to go the route of becoming a health coach is because I've not only helped myself uh, a ton with what I've learned to heal from both the cancer but also from the treatments primarily because the treatments are, are really really difficult to handle your body gets destroyed um, but i know that i can help other people in the process with what i've learned and as i continue to develop my own strategies and my own protocols i can uh yeah share as much information as possible bring people on as clients and yeah go go for the root issue as opposed to have them rely on systems that don't quite solve the root issue of uh of their issue of their problem of their health issues yeah, it's quite interesting, um, you know, because, uh, you know, I personally have family members uh, affected with cancer and, um, you know, cancer is one of those, you know, kind of number one diseases that's on everybody's mind. Um, and so, you know, it's quite interesting how, you know, the universe, you know, kind of throws you a curveball, but you actually take the ball and you run with it and kind of um, learn to um develop a purpose and a passion kind of um make an impact that absolutely is, yeah so one thing is interesting is um you know you develop this uh new uh approach to health and fitness and it's kind of unorthodox so kind of talk about some examples of what sets your approach apart from conventional methods and, um you know what makes it unique sure so one thing that as we've gone into more modern times is there's this idea that we should primarily be eating vegetables, uh, uh, that processed foods aren't as bad as they might say they are, that you can consume them and there's nothing wrong with that. And for me, it's like this. If if we go with that and we see where we are now, which is we're the most sick we've ever been in human history, something's not adding up, you know? And so what I, what I did that kind of helped me uh, build my own protocols was I looked back in time because cancer to the severity that we have it today that's a modern problem obesity same thing uh, cardiovascular issues same thing diabetes or any sort of metabolic disease same thing uh, and most autoimmune diseases those are modern uh, illnesses that are caused by a modern way of life so what i did is I, I went back in time and i said what were we doing before that and the foods that i've, I've identified that really help with human health are meat eggs dairy fruits and vegetables those five everything outside of that sure you can consume them from time to time but those five to me are the core five that when you focus on these your body starts to just it works you feel better you have more energy your hormones starts to function better and uh, it can also help heal you from any issues like from uh, any uh metabolic diseases cardiovascular issues go away even autoimmune systems autoimmune issues can go away so for me, these are the five foods that I really like, and I stick to these almost religiously. Um, that's the main aspect of it. And so also when we look at uh, exercising, for me, I'm a busy person, and I know that other people, they can't prioritize exercise.
exercise as much as they would like. So, and even for me, I struggle to justify spending an hour to a day exercising, even though I am a health coach and even though I know how important it is, because there are, there are other things that we need to get done throughout the day. So when it comes to that, I like to keep my, my exercise as short as possible, but to have it in spurts throughout the day. So what this means is I do a half hour workout with weights and that's my resistance exercise. And then once or twice per day, I'll go out for a walk. And the walk does two things. One, phenomenal for cardiovascular health and longevity, is you get some sunlight. As humans, we have to understand that we're still animals. We're not this grandiose, divine you know, being. We're still animals. Uh, we just happen to have uh, uh, more developed prefrontal cortex, and we can communicate uh, with advanced concepts. But we still need to do what animals do, which is we go outside. We spend time in nature. We interact with each other. And all of that does more than... Uh, I think it gets credit for, and what going outside is is amazing. Not, not only for the you know the vitamin D, but what does that do? It helps with things like testosterone. The other thing it does is it regulates your circadian rhythm. One practice I do nowadays is first thing in the morning I will go outside to my balcony and I'll just have the sun hit my face. And that wakes me up far better than slamming a coffee first thing in the morning. Plus, it tells my body, okay, now it's the morning. And so when it gets dark outside, that's when my body starts to feel tired and understand, okay, now it's it's nighttime. At nighttime, we prepare to sleep. And so effectively, I'm conditioning my body to wake up first thing in the morning and get tired at night so that I can have a deep night's sleep. So all of these practices are, are nothing modern. There's no fancy numbers or calculations you have to do or fancy food combinations. It's what did we used to do previous where we were, for the most part, disease-free. Uh, at least from these modern diseases, and how can we implement that now in our modern world? And that's that's basically the approach I take. Is I look I look to the past to answer today's problems. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we like, and I love this idea, and I love this idea of um getting out, getting sunshine, and um, you know, it kind of reminds me, you know, when we were kids, you know, we basically came home, you know, ate a snack, finished our homework, and then we went outside to play, and then these days, you know, everybody's on their computer, so and uh, just basically yeah. walk. You don't got to run a marathon; you just could just go out and walk. You know, move move your body like our ancestors did. Um, so absolutely, um, yeah. And so, and I love this idea. I love this idea on orthodox. And uh, one thing is talking about you have a health first protocol. And so I kind of elaborate on the key principles and philosophy behind this and you know, why you believe it's essential to um, prioritize health and fitness and nutrition programs. 
So one reason, one of the ways, reasons I came up with health first is it kind of, kind of came out on a whim. I was making a YouTube video and I said this to myself and I thought about it after, but the basic thing was when I was recovering from my stem cell transplant, I still had goals of building up my physique again, because I'd lost 30 pounds of muscle. I, I wanted to rebuild my physique again. I wanted to be big, strong and lean, but at the same time, I wasn't going to do that at the cost of my health. I wasn't going to start cranking out the supplements. I wasn't going to start feeling myself like following the basic strategies of uh, eating tons of carbs and uh, eating protein powders and whatever, just for the sake of building the muscle again. Because at the same time, I had to heal from the stem cell transplant, which was probably, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the list of things to do your body, it's one of the worst things you can do uh, that you can survive from because it wreaks havoc. Uh, every organ in your body uh, gets damaged and the recovery process takes months. So I knew that in building my body again, I had to first prioritize my health and the goal of becoming more muscular, getting lean and all that stuff, that's secondary, absolutely secondary, which is the big reason why I didn't want to return to football because again, my health would take a toll simply trying to put on that weight and uh, go back to football condition. So the idea of health first is that anything you do with regards to fitness, work, your daily life, you want to view it as, is this benefiting my life or am I doing it because it's just fun or just a craving or I'm sacrificing my health just for the goal? Uh, so that's that's the basic premise of it. And what this means is the foods we eat, before you worry about going with like different diet, diet styles, whether it's my diet style with meat, eggs, dairy, fruits, and vegetables, or you know, go to a carnivore, vegan, whatever, before any of that, you want to make sure that the food is the highest quality because that way you know that the food will, with beyond reasonable doubt, help you. It'll it'll nourish you. And there's not going to be any toxins in there that set you back. That's the first thing. The second thing when it comes to exercise is realize that anything you can do is, is better than not doing anything. So if in the condition that you're in now, you can only go for a walk, a five-minute walk, well, that's the best thing you can do is a five-minute walk. When I was first recovering, all I could do was a set of three flights of stairs up and down. And that'd be my work and I'd be exhausted after. But that's all I did for weeks. And it really helped start to boost me. My body started to realize, okay, we're moving. We're getting back into it. And those those three flights of stairs went to six, went to doing those six twice because the building only had six stories, to then going off the walks, then doing workouts with my mom. So that little bit of something that you can do now leads to something else. So that's number two is anything you can do is the best thing you can do for yourself. And then number three is integrating it with your life. So we all have our own schedules. We all have other priorities that we need to do. But if you can find a way to get that walk in mid, at some point throughout the day, whether it's first thing or whether it's you park a little further from work so you can walk five or 10 minutes, anything like that, if you can find a way to work around your schedule to get those uh, get that exercise in, it, it's, it makes a massive difference. And on top of that too is... If you can find a way to get your food, not from a grocery store, but from a farm itself or a farmer's market or a farm store, that's another big one of if you can find a way to make a little trip. Like if you have a family, it's like, hey, kids, we're going to the farm on Saturdays. You know, they get to see the cows, they get to see the chickens and the pigs, all that stuff. It could be an event. So it's about finding then that integration of how you can work within your schedule to get your exercise in, to get your good quality food and to live a life where your health gets prioritized beyond everything else.
Yeah, yeah, I, I, lo- I love that. And I love this idea, just kind of rebuilding and just kind of um, what uh, I think Darren Hardy was talking about. It was the compound effect, um, just kind of you need these little yes. micro habits and they, you know, build up on each other. And, uh, you know, I love how you shared your, you know, your recovery. So one thing is, uh, you know, your health first protocol. And then how do you tailor your fitness and nutrition guidance to specifically assist young men? Um, especially recovering from uh, numerous uh, strenuous cancer treatments? And what are your long-term goals and aspirations in helping others improve their health and physiques through your protocol? And how do you plan to achieve these goals? Okay, so I'll answer the the first part of that is how do I help the young men? Well, first things first is assessing what can you do? So with any injury, with any ailment, with any disease, you always have to wonder what can they do? And then also ask yourself, what can't they do? And what I mean by this is, if there's something that they do that they that if they do it they will get injured or they'll have a negative effect we avoid that completely so a, an easy example is if you hurt your knee whatever motions or ranges of motion hurt hurt your knee you avoid those but you use pain as a guide so uh-huh. we first assess what they can and can't do and then we hone in and focus on on just the things that they can do because a big thing that people get worried about when recovering is they try to focus on too much at once. They want to heal now. I completely empathize with that because I wanted to heal right now. But you have to understand that these things take way longer than we ever hoped for. They could take they take months, if not years. So it's about accepting that we have to do this one little thing. But if you do this one little thing every day, guess what? In two weeks, you can do more. In another two weeks, we will do even more. And then the, it goes up exponentially. So yeah. we set up a basic thing of what can they do. So if all they can do is a walk, they do a walk. That's it. And they can feel proud about that. It's like, I got my walk in today. That's better than what I, I did yesterday. And then they can start saying, okay, today we do 10 minutes. Okay. 10 minutes is easy. Next week, let's try 15. 15 first time was hard, but then by the end of the week, it got easier. And then the body adapts like that. And so what this means is basically we have to provide an ever growing stimulus onto the body because I don't think we give our bodies enough credit for how adaptable they are. When you throw things at your body, especially positive things such as different forms of exercise, your body responds very well. And so part of this is taking that appreciation of like, look, 15 minutes might be tough today, but let's keep doing it. And we realize by the end of the week, it's easy and you can go up from there. So that's that's, uh, number two is increasing the stimulus as we go, but with a very safe and conservative progression. Then as we start to get back to baseline, I think that's when we can really think about, okay, how do we really go above now? Where at that point, if they're a young person like me, you know, they want muscles, they want to be lean, they want to look good when they wear clothes, when they're not, when they're in like a, in their bathing suit, all that stuff, right? Um, let's be honest, that's, that's usually what it is, especially with guys in my age. So at that point, it uh, turns into really focusing on muscle growth and what causes muscle to grow where, well, you basically have to threaten the muscle. All forms of training all boil down to this. You have to threaten the muscle and the nervous system to grow. And like I said, your body is very adaptable. So when you do threaten the, the muscle, it'll think, oh, I couldn't handle that. So I better recover to eat well or to grow. And part of that comes again with also eating well. And when we adjust the diet to be without processed foods, just whole foods, and in in my case, I would stick to primarily meat, eggs, dairy, fruits, and vegetables because they're the most nutrient dense. They are 
uh, packed with the most important important uh, nutrients, which is protein and fat. And then there's the micronutrients in there as well. The body has resources to not only recover from what they just went through from the uh, treatments, but then also to recover from the workouts, because we can't forget that the workouts are an added stress on the body. But if we can also provide the body with more than enough nutrients to recover from both, the body will recover. And then if there's anything, any little caveat on that, it's to make sure you sleep, sleep a lot. That's one thing. Um, when I was really trying to build up my body again, I, I told myself, sleep in as much as you need. And if you need a nap, take a nap. It could be a two hour nap in the middle of the day. doesn't matter because that does two things. That did two things for me. One is the recovery. So my muscles weren't always weren't sore and it gave my, my body time to just focus on, okay, what needs repair? My muscle needs repair. Okay. Liver needs some repair so on and so forth. They can allocate things that way. I wasn't awake to distract it. The second thing was that you're chronically fatigued after you do these things. And so I had more energy. And so while I sacrificed, say, an extra four hours a day for sleep, whether it be from night or just a nap, I uh, I was able to do more at, during times I was awake. So prescribing more sleep, I think, is uh, another another big one because we don't, we don't give ourselves permission to sleep sometimes. We want to be awake all the time. When you tell someone like, hey, you're, I'm giving you a two-hour nap today. If you don't sleep two hours, like I'll be I'll be on you about that. It really helps with uh, the recovery and allows your body to relax, rebuild, so that when you're awake, you can do more. And yeah. so that's that'd be the basic structure of how I go about things. And this applies to uh, even just basic injuries. Like if you hurt your knee in any sort of way, this is the basic thing you do. Uh, right now, I'm still recovering from a side effect from the stem cell transplant, which damaged one of my uh, both my hips, but primarily my left. And so I'm I'm doing this right now with myself. I'm working around what can I do with with my knee, what can't or my hip, what can't I do with my hip, and whatever I can do, I double down on it. So right now, all I can really do is do a stationary bike. But when I do the stationary, I do it three times a week now uh, for half hour to an hour. And it's been making amazing progress. Like my hip feels a lot better for it. So I'm only going to keep doing that more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, from talking to individuals such as yourself and just basically health and fitness is basically, you know, movement and, and you know, sleep, uh, you know, eight to 10 hours, um, plenty of water and, you know, proper uh, nutrition. And uh, actually eating less is actually much, you know, you makes you feel a lot healthier. And uh, I love all the tips. And I just love your idea of just like a stepways a recovery. It's like something is better than nothing. You know, <laughs> some people think they got to like, you know, again, run, run a marathon for their workout, but it's actually, you know, these things. But um, how can people contact you, follow you, reach out to you, et cetera? So on LinkedIn, I'm uh, that's, that's my primary platform. Uh, they can find me at Yanis Patsakis, just my first first and last name. On Instagram, I am Yanis under everything lowercase. And then I have a website. I actually just finished this uh, this week, um, which is ManoaHealth.com. Manoa spelled M-I-N-O-A, health.com. Uh, that's where they can find out. I have uh, opportunities for coaching. But if they just want to reach out and have any questions, I love helping people with this. Um, I'm sure that I, I talked I talked off a little bit, but... Yeah, this stuff makes me excited. So, yeah, excellent. Those are currently the best place to reach me. Excellent. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Yanis for a very inspiring episode. And be sure to give him a follow on all his social. And uh, with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. It was great.